change your mental habits. I know in video six, we did quite a bit of heavy lifting. Believe me, personally speaking, it's really very hard to process all the information in video six. Still, it's absolutely necessary. Now, if you thought video six was difficult, video seven can be quite a doozy. How come? Well, it's one thing to realize the importance of our mental filters and how big of an impact they have on how we think, talk, feel, and act. Taking control over the whole process, it can be very, very challenging. This is due to the fact that as we get older, we feel that there is really only one way we can behave. There's only one way we can respond to the world. Of course, as I've mentioned previously, this is an illusion. You always have a choice. In fact, if you draw the process out, starting with your thoughts or starting with your perceptions all the way to your actions, there are many specific and distinct points where you can step in and take control of the situation. Your choices in these distinct parts can drastically change the outcome of your situation. That's right. Regardless of how seemingly hopeless, bleak, and negative these previous parts may be, you can still end up with a happy ending. The problem is it's easier to accept this intellectually than to process this on an emotional level. They always say even the very best ideas that make intellectual sense to you are not going to help you in your practical everyday life unless they sink to the level of your heart. Although people hate to admit it when we're all emotional creatures. I know this is especially true in the United States where logic and rationality are supposed to be top values. But the truth is, according to a recent study, most people make decisions impulsively. That's right. They let their emotions get the better of them when it comes to their choices, whether it's purchasing a product, picking a girlfriend, picking a school, picking a course, going on a job interview. You name it, we often do things impulsively. Now, what's interesting about the study is that when people were asked to explain their choices, people gave all the participants time to study the subjects. They gave all sorts of seemingly logical and rational reasons why they came to the conclusions they did. In other words, they first made the decision on impulse. And when they found the reason, they bring this up because this highlights the power of automatic thinking. You think those people who made those impulsive decisions were clearly mapping out their logic theory and the different probabilities of certain outcomes taking place based on their decision? Of course not. That's not how most people decide. Instead, they let their feelings get the better of them, and this leads to habitual responses. In other words, they made decisions based on their mental habits. If you want to practice mentalism and let it truly take your life to the next level, you have to change your mental habits. In fact, it's actually quite simple. Change your habits and you change your life. It doesn't get any more basic than that. Now, keep in mind that this works both ways. You can change your life for the worse or for the better. Still, the basic mechanism remains the same. It's all about changing your mental habits. How do your mental habits work? Well, as I mentioned in a previous video, we perceive our reality and the world's stimuli as neutral, but our mental filters focus on only one set of data, and we interpret this data a certain way. This then leads to emotional states which trigger certain things we say, feel, and do. When we do certain things, we change our world. This is how our habits work. So, when we have a habitual way of picking up certain things from the outside world, and this triggers a predictable chain of action, we can't help it. In fact, when you call people out on this, one of the first things they will tell you is that they can't help, but this is who I am. No, it's not. It's not your identity. This is not hard-coded in who you are. This is not hardwired into your intrinsic identity as a person, as a human being. This can be changed. This is, again, all a part of a series of choices. The fact that we choose to be with the fact that we choose to ignore these decision points doesn't make them go away.
there are still choices. The fact that this process seems to go by so quickly or even in an instant shows you the power of mental habits. If you want to change your life, you have to change your mental habits. The first way to do this is to deconstruct how habits work, perhaps. Habits deconstructed. So what is a habitual action? Now don't get excited. Again, it's a predictable or almost automatic action. Now don't get excited about action. This actually means more than physical actions. It can also involve mental processes and incites emotional states. They're not just physical habits, but they're also mental habits. Now with that said, the habit process is broken down into three parts. There's the trigger, the habitual action, and the reward. For example, people who smoke. People who have a smoking habit are actually triggered to whip out a cancer stick, and when they smoke, they're actually seeking a reward. For example, a lot of smokers habitually light up after a heavy meal. The fact that they just had a meal acts as a trigger. And when they take the action of smoking cigarettes, the rush created by the nicotine in their bloodstream due to a blood vessel constriction leads to a mental rush. Smokers interpret this mental rush as something positive. It is their reward. This physical reality brought about by hypertension is what they're shooting for. See how this works in it, and it plays out very quickly. The moment you had a big meal and you were a smoker, you get this insane urge to light up. How come? Well, you detected the trigger at the back of your mind. You're thinking of that nice rush that you get after you smoke. It's a great after-meal experience. So you light up and you get the reward. And the more you repeat this, the more the reward is associated with the trigger. In fact, it becomes so associated that you don't even think about it. You just need to be aware of that trigger. The same applies to our thoughts. Our mental habits require thoughts or mental pictures, and when we take habitual action on these thoughts, which often takes the form of mental interpretation or emotional responses, we get a reward. The reward is always the same reward. It isn't an emotional state. For instance, if you remember an ex-boyfriend who used to slap you around or beat you, the habitual mental action that many people would get is to say, I'm so happy that that person is no longer in my life. And you get an emotional state of relief because you are with somebody else now. It doesn't occur to you that the exact same pattern might still be present in your current relationship. Instead, you just focus on the relief that this person whom you used to meet and whom used to give you a black eye and treat you like garbage is out of your life. The reward is the sense of relief of moving on. This is how mental habits work. The key question is do your mental habits work for you instead of against you? You have to ask this key question if you want to change your mental habits. It's going to be very hard to get people to make important changes in their lives. If we all focus on the what and the how, we also have to focus on the why. And the way to do this is to ask yourself, do my mental habits work for me? Do they improve my life? Do they enable me to live the kind of life I want for myself today? Do they make me happier or make me feel fulfilled, complete, and satisfied? If not, then we have to make our habits work for us. This is where you lose a lot of people. Because it's easy to follow up to this point, but a lot of people simply do not believe. If you truly believe that you can choose your thoughts, then this should be fairly straightforward. You can make your mental habits work for you. Before we get to the good news, the bad news is you really cannot change your triggers and your rewards. The trigger of the past boyfriend who was very abusive, you really can't change that. It's going to happen. Those mental images will flash because that person was in your life at some point in the past. Unless, of course, you get hit on the head and you develop amnesia. Those memories are not going to go away. This is a reality you cannot escape. That person was in your life. Get over it. Accept that. So that trigger is not going to go away. 
The same applies to you. What's required here is a sense of relief that you are with somebody new or you have moved on. Own the fact that the triggers and the rewards are going to be the same. Now what's missing? Well, your mental habitual action. The point here is to come up with a different reaction to the mental trigger while claiming the same reward. Believe it or not, there are other ways you can get a nice buzz instead of smoking a cigarette. For example, if your trigger is you wake up in the morning and your normal instinct may be to light up. Well, what if you swap lighting up with going for a walk, or better yet, a nice jog around the block? You still get the same result, which is a nice buzz, but this time the buzz that you get is caused by endorphins instead of nicotine. However, since you've changed your physical habit of running instead of smoking, you get other side benefits. You lose weight. You look better. You pump more oxygen into your brain so your willpower is improved and your mental focus is enhanced. The whole nine yards and all it took is to change your habitual action that triggers the same and so is the reward. Understand how this works because you have to do the same when it comes to your mental habits.